Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to try told him I'm a beast, blood. What's up, gang? What's up, Welcome gang? to the broadcast. Simon Area's here. Get, here. Get ready. It's a new day. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day, and we're getting ready to talk to my man, Tristan uh, Dlabic. Yes. Tristan started uh, with us. His first interview was at 18 years old, started at 19 years old, is currently 20 years old. And, you know, Tristan, I would tell you, I only tell you this because I know you got 5149. I have not personally met myself. Maybe they're out there. I think Marcus got a few, but I've never met anybody at 19 years old who has been able to do the things that you have been able to do uh, within our company. Not not only have you earned six figures uh, at 19 years old, uh, you'll probably almost double that this year, at least increase by 50% uh, this year, but you've been able to do it all while remaining humble and and not losing your humility, which is hard for people to do in life in general, especially at the young age of 19 years old. And, you know, I remember telling you, Tristan, to not approach this game like you're 18, 19 years old and everybody else is older. I want you to approach this game like Mike Tyson. And at 19 years old, Mike Tyson was knocking people out and, and was the heavyweight champ in this sucker. And people were ducking and dodging him, and he was knocking people out that were twice his age and, and seven inches taller than him. And uh, that's exactly what you've been able to do. At 19 years old and 20 years old now, uh, you've surpassed a lot of people. Not everybody yet, uh, but you, you've surpassed a lot of people, and you've put on uh, the last, what have you been here, year and a half? Yeah, year and a half now. Last, last year and a half. Uh, you know, you've done some things that I've never seen done before for somebody at 19, 20 years old. So we want to pick your brain on that. I want you to, to help people with that. Uh, less than 50% of our audience is is American income. You know, yeah. people. we have people from all different walks of life on here. So we just want to add value to everybody out there. I think you have a lot that people can learn, especially a lot of people double your age and a lot of people that are your age can learn from you. So why don't, why don't you just start out with uh, telling us a little bit about your your journey in life, a little bit uh, who you are, yeah. and then we'll just kind of go from there. I think that's perfect. I remember when I first started, you know, and I, th- I think an awesome thing is just daily with the position I'm in right now, I have a, a lot of time I spend out with training individuals that are out in the field and myself out in the field working with protecting families. But uh, I think a lot back to the beginning and really thinking, I, I feel as if I was groomed for this opportunity, as if you know, I, it, I was cut out specifically for this. And um, the, the reason why is just growing up, I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay, so my mom, she grew up in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. She got a promotion. She moved down to Arkansas, met my dad, and then we had a we had a lot of money when we were young. So I kind of relate to you where I've been up and down. They split up when I was six, and then shortly after that, I was with my mom for about a year and a half, two years. She came home one day. She said, I, I'm, you know, I'm leaving, and I didn't know what she meant by that. She said, I'm going to have to go away for a little bit. And I was kind of thrown off because it, it seemed like it was like a like a bad dream, like a nightmare. And I didn't I didn't know necessarily what was going on. You were Next six? day, I was eight, eight. So I was with her. Yeah, I was eight. She was gone. She went away. So she did two years actually in West Virginia um, at a federal state prison. And then next, my dad, he picked us up 
and we were with him for about two years and it was all over again another morning and and she and he was gone he's like i gotta go away and in the meantime i'm developing a relationship and an emotional connection with these individuals with my parents and i'm, I'm falling in love and uh, um you know just experiencing a, a lot of different walks of life a lot of money you know my first 10 years my first decade of life a lot of a lot of money so they were they went away for um you know money related things i won't get too in depth because yep. they'll listen to this yep. and sure i'll hear about it and then from there graduate high school uh, we were on welfare up until I was lived with my mom when she got out because my dad did the rest of the time while I was while I was in high school, and we were you know living in my grandparents' living room. I remember coming home just you know I had a lettuce in the fridge and just the food bank lines. But I was always a, a happy kid. I was an angry kid, but I was a happy kid. If you know what I mean, I like, went home happy with my family. But if anybody said anything to me in school or anything that irritated me, you know I, I was angry. I was I didn't want to talk. I wanted to just get it over with then and there. So that was kind of. My, my transition kind of into American income, you know, a complete 180. People don't believe it's me. They say the most asinine things like this isn't possible. You're doing something. Something's fishy. Something Because if you would have saw me before this, it was like it, it just doesn't correspond with who I am today. If that yeah, makes e sense. Even a couple years ago, you know, if you look at, you know, now you're 20. Yeah. And how your life was at 17, you yes. know, 18, how you were living your life, what you were doing and, and until now. If, if there's somebody else out there, you know, if there's somebody that is in that transition, you know, currently, mm -hmm. maybe they're 17 acting wild, yes. you know, doing things. And, and how did you do it? What, what do you think? How were you able to transition so fast into being that and then switching over into being professional, being coachable, winning everything, dominating it in, in business? You know, what, what could you stick out, point out that others can apply? I feel like the biggest thing is, you know, I, I feel as if, and I don't, you know, want to inflict anything on anybody, but my belief, I believe God was planting seeds the, the whole entire time that I wasn't able to realize in the very beginning in regard to, you know, growing up with one parent and them going away and experiencing different, different lifestyles. I always had a taste for, for wealth. I knew I wanted to be extremely free, wealthy. So I've, I've always wanted to have the nicer things in life. And when they were taken away, it was kind of like that psychological effect when you take away a lollipop from a baby. I was one of the main reasons I was angry, at, you know, with my mom is because I couldn't understand why we were so poor. Go out and do, you know what I mean? Whatever we did, because I was 11, 12 years old, get the money back. You know what I mean? The lifestyle yeah. was like it was like day and night. We went from like mansion to nothing living. You know what I mean? So huh. like I had that taste there. So if you're following what the seed, the seed was there that was planted there it just it wasn't being groomed and guided correctly so i just had bursts like it, I, I was i was really good for just moments at times you know i was a the rec football star you know what i mean because i get real good at something and then i would get distracted because i didn't have so i didn't have that that male That's, guidance in my absolutely. opinion i don't know absolutely. no offense to females my mom mom you did a great job but I didn't, Phenomenal you job. know what I mean? Love but I, Kelly. I didn't have that kind of kick you in your butt. We're sticking with this. But as I got older, she, she did stick with that. Um, and she started to implement that more. And so that was that first seed. And then the second was when I did come across something, fear. I've messed up on a lot of things. And I've lost a lot of great things as young as I am. In my opinion, I've lost a lot of great things two decades into this life that I know if I would have been a little more disciplined, I would have been able to keep those things, you know? So a lot of people think fear is horrible, but I, I appreciate my fear. And I realize, you know, you and I talk about it once a week, you know, the, the foundational wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So 
with that, it's like every day it's like I I realize I do not want to be humbled and lose what I've gained so far with 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 this opportunity. That's that's what motivates me. When we talk about why don't you talk about what you know what I've brought up to you about the fifty one forty nine and and, uh, our beliefs on, you know, the balance of humility and still being able to assert yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, the humility, it's never necessarily been a huge issue. Just with with the way I was raised, I have that Southern hospitality just because before, you know, my my parents went through so much conflict. The time I did have, I I give a lot of credit to my dad because if yes, ma'am, no, ma'am and yes, sir, no, sir wasn't coming from my mouth, I was getting smacked. And uh, it's just it was a little different. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't me personally, I don't consider it child abuse. I think if I if it didn't happen, I wouldn't be the man I am today. And so I really think that groomed the the humility that I have today and having nothing, just having the six figures, I, I'd never even dreamed. I was thinking about it in the very beginning when I was in my training process. They say the first three, four months here at AIL is the hardest. I would go home every night and I'd write 10, 15 pages before I'd go to bed. It'd be like 1, 2 a.m. And I, I remember finishing a book about my fourth or fifth month in and talking to you about it. And you were like, sit on it. So I'm sitting on sitting on that. But I remember reflecting back on that and just and just thinking like I dreamed of you making half six figures. If I could make half six figures, like being 30, 40 years old, I'd be grateful for that. And, and so I feel as if I've always been somewhat somewhat humble. I, I don't need to brag. I don't feel like I've done anything absolutely phenomenal yet. You know, when you, you compare to what can really be done in regard to having an impact on lives and you set aside materialistic things, I realize how much more every day people say you're doing great, you're doing this, but the more I grow and I can, I can feel myself growing. You know, you can feel yourself growing when you're really hitting the books and everything and, and you're hitting what needs to be done, mind, body, and spirit. But the more I grow, the more I learn I need to grow because I, I can, I allow sometimes for comparison, the thief of joy the to more you know, compare to you. Yeah. The more you realize how much you don't know, how much I don't know. Right? Yes. It's the same yes. with me every day. The, you know, the 5149 concept, you know, why don't you talk to them about that? I, I, let's let's assume they don't know. They don't yes. even know what we're yes. talking about. 5149. So I never I never really heard it before. And, and Simon, he put he kind of put a, a nice title on it. The 5149, 51 percent humility and 49 percent confidence, I would put it, you know, not pride, not arrogance. It's a perfect balance of the humility and confidence because without a perfect balance of one or the other, Just walking in, you'll, you'll outweigh and then you'll get, you'll get messed up. You'll, you'll get messed up on it. So I, I think in regard to people understanding how, how that has to work with whatever industry or whatever you're doing in life, you, you've got to be humble with the way you present yourself to people and I don't know if this is if this is cool or loud or not, but relating it to scripture, what I think of is the one parable where the the lady, one of the sisters, is washing Jesus' feet with oil in her hair because she just wants to be in his presence. Could you imagine somebody coming up and be like, hey, Simon, let me let me wash your feet, <laughs> you know, with my hair. Like you'd be like, what the heck is going on? Right. But that takes an extreme amount of humility to just just offer just genuine love and care to anybody like the I always think to myself, all these millionaires and billionaires say how you treat everybody you know, it, it's really going to be like how you are as an individual. It's a reflection of you and your core and who you are internally. So I like, no I'm always thinking when I'm getting mad at somebody, I was listening to you, Maurice, uh, on the street sports and success. And I was thinking when he was saying he'll let people just take, you know, take, take in traffic. Yeah. Sometimes I won't do that. I'll follow you, hold the horn. Like I need to grow. I'm just letting you guys, there's some areas I need to grow because 
I don't have that patience, you know what I mean? That humility where it comes into play and then the confidence as well. When you, I think you start, you start getting good at something, you start getting pretty comfortable and it can really be very detrimental to forward success because once you start getting comfortable and you realize like uh, football, you can hit that route the best because you develop comfortability and then you're going to get blindsided and somebody's going to take your helmet off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like, it's a bad teacher. It's a very bad you know, teacher. That 51-49 is, you know, basically we just, you got to have a certain level of confidence in yourself to be able to assert yourself and be a leader, take things to the next level. But I think a healthy way to look at it is you always have to have your humility at least one point ahead of where your ego is yeah. at or where that confidence level was at. And so, you know, if, if you got this 49%, boom, you gotta have 51% humility. As long as your humility is one point above whatever that confidence level or ego level could slip in, then you can be okay with that health, with that healthy balance. Um, what was the decision, you know, how did you make the decision to say, you know, I don't think I'm gonna go to college. You know, I think the route for me is gonna be you know, I'm ready to go to work. I want to, I want to do this. You know what? I'm sure a lot of people were doing opposite or, or thinking differently. What, what, what was it, you know, that made you think that way? And you know, what's the process in that? I feel like the process for me was like ADHD or something. I was never like clinically diagnosed, but I, man, I cannot sit down. And, and a lot of parents will ask me like, help out, you know, with my son, daughter, I, you know, they can't sit down. It's, it's not, I don't believe it really is an ADHD or an issue like that. Maybe it is, but it's a lack of passion. You know what I mean? They're just not passionate about it. So for me, college books, I was never passionate about it. You know what I mean? I was passionate about getting everybody to laugh. I was, you know, the, the jokester, but I went to, I actually, I was in the process of rehabilitating relationship with my pops and I, I went out to Arkansas. I was in school for two weeks. People don't realize. And then I was in that time. I was, I was praying pretty hard. A lot of people don't realize he, I, I swear, you know, God, God really lined this up. So, um, I was in school for two weeks and I was just reading and reading. And this was the second time I attempted to do this. The first time utter failure, uh, when you have a split household and you're trying to please one parent, you're always hurting somebody you love. So I remember trying to do this because the whole idea was I had to sacrifice. So he started playing in my head. God started playing in my head. I had to sacrifice. My dad knew how to get money. I, he, somehow he knew how to get money. He was out running a restaurant. So I was like, I need to be around people who know how to get money. Um, but I need to sacrifice as well because I want to take care of my mom because she's done everything for me. Went down there. I was like, all right, dad, take care of my school. I was in there for two weeks and uh, he wasn't, you know, taking care of my school. I was taking care of my school. So I was like, started studying subsidized and unsubsidized loans. And I'm getting really intricate into this, but it, it really is important when you get facts and you get knowledge no on doubt. these things. No doubt. These loans, the way they're set up, the unsubsidized loans start to accrue interest immediately. And what happens if y'all go look up, you know, the rule of 72 or compound interest, how it works, it's how people make an extreme amount of money. And it's how you can get into an extreme amount of debt and trouble, especially with an individual like myself. I was just going for a business class. What people don't realize is you can get a business class for some hard work by following a successful, credible mentor. You know, whether it's Simon or just anybody in any industry, if you can find somebody at the top, if you've got to pay for it with no interest, I, that would I'm be gonna, my opinion gonna, on I'm that. Gonna, you know, I'm going to do a whole thing on this. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, Tristan, I think. You know, if you really want to hear some crazy advice that I would have for, for people out there is, and this is switching gears from college. I don't want anybody, I'm not knocking the, the college system yeah. or, you know, if it, it's different strokes for different folks. But 
what I will say is I think if, if you were to look at, um, if somebody were to ask me, Sam, what do you think is the best thing that I could do? I'm coming out of school and I want to be great. I want to learn how to own a business or I want to know how to run a restaurant. Uh, I told a kid in, in, uh, in the youth program that was um, uh, trying to learn music. He wanted to be a music producer. So they were in this big argument, big debate. You know, he don't want to go to college. You know, this we're trying to tell him he needs to go to college. This or that. I said, you sure you want me to give the advice here? I said, because it might not be what everybody wants to hear. So I told, I, I pulled a kid and as I started talking to him, I think he's super intelligent. And I think, I'm thinking, man, you know, so I end up saying, I don't think college, maybe that's not the right route for him. But here's what I would tell you. If you could find a way to call all the top music producers. Yes. And, and, and tell every single one of them, I'll work for you for free for mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. I'll do anything you want me to do for free or just enough to survive. Just find a way for me to be able to yes. eat food and, and survive. And I will work for you for free. I'll do anything. I'll drive your cars for you. I'll clean your cars for you. I'll find a way to add value. It, but I just want to spend time around you sometimes. I think the education that a person would get if they worked for free, like people will go to college and spend $40,000 a year, $160,000 over the course of four years. If you made no money for two years and it cost you zero, but you gained the knowledge from Puff Daddy or you gained knowledge from somebody that's a, that's a beast producer or you got to hang around and watch how this person runs his restaurant and you followed him everywhere. You just was his assistant. Whatever you want, I got it. I'll get you water. I'll get you coffee. I'll, I'll clean your car. I'll take your car to get gas, whatever. I just want to be around you. I want to roll with you. I want to ride with you. I want to watch how you operate. All the things that you would learn over the course of two years, if you had to pay somebody for that much time to teach you the game, it would be a whole lot more than, than making zero. It would be a whole lot more than 40,000 you got for free in the form of a, of a real education. Because I want you can learn fighting a little by looking at somebody on YouTube. And that's how people get in trouble at bars and shit. They start drinking, they think, well, I can do this. And then you get in with somebody that really knows what they're doing. And if I wanna learn how to fight, does it make more sense to me to sit there and watch somebody telling me or does it make more sense to me for me to go and actually do that work with somebody and somebody train me and let me watch somebody up close or let me learn from a book. And so there's part of it that, that people need to learn from some stuff. But if I could give advice to my own children, if you were to find something you're that passionate about and you want to be great at and you find the best in it, the goat in it probably time is worth a whole lot of money. If you had to pay that person to teach you, if you could just hang around them and drive with them and ride in the car with them and learn how they roll, the amount of money that you'll get back in the form of your education would be, would be priceless. Um, how about books? You know, you mentioned you hated books. Yes. You hated reading. Yeah. You hated, you know, doing schoolwork. Uh, how you doing there now? You, you, you listen, oh, do, do you read books now? And, and if so, how, how, how did you transition your mind? from not doing it at all, hating mm-hmm. it to doing it. It was it was like it was a flip of a switch. Again, it was like an overnight thing and I I I really have to give a lot of the you know, a, a lot of that to you when sitting down in one of the first meetings and, and just 
something, it, it just clicked, you know, it, it really just clicked because I got my, my state exam passed within, you know, a day. I had like, I got it done pretty quickly. And then from there, you know, I was memorizing my scripts and I was going over things, but I was reading and at the simultaneously, I was listening to any and every successful leader or billionaire, millionaire on YouTube while reading, you know what I mean? So before I even started here, I don't know what came, it was like I was possessed because I, the, my passion linked to this opportunity. And it was like nothing, like there's something within me that occurred. I, I don't know what Same. happened is how Same. I grew up. And it was, I became possessed, obsessed. Nothing in this world was going to stop me from, from getting to where I needed to be. And I overloaded. So what was cool when a lot of people, you know, they saw me do pretty decent quick they would say probably quickly but i just did what somebody would do in two years and i got it within probably four months from you know making sacrifices and it was the reading it was you know think and grow rich be obsessed to be average it was just a combination of these things and it, it just it all added up and the more i fueled myself by listening to the biographies of the successful individuals that said i tell everybody that I, that i have the opportunity to add some value to i say listen if the average millionaire is just reading a book a week and that's the one piece of the pie. That's the one piece of the pie. You can't do everything else. The rocket science, Control blah, what blah, you blah. Can. You know what I mean? If that's the one piece of advice, I told myself, that's fine. I'll read a book a week. If that's the one thing I can contribute to the variable of becoming a millionaire, then I'm going to say, hey, Simon, this didn't add up. I'm not a millionaire. I've been reading a book a week for the last you know, 10, 15, 20 years. What, what's going on here? Yep. So I feel like if I can get that one piece done, yep. then I'm, it's worth it not just for me, but for my mom. Yep. For my sister. No doubt. You know what I mean? And for the people that depend on me. There, it's so much more than just my success now. It's it, it, every day I reflect on it. Every day I reflect on how, like, where we're going and how these books are going to contribute to me for the people that are depending on me that I don't even know who they are yet. No doubt. You know, two, three, four, five years, the next LeBron James that'll that'll come through this organization or just come in, come into my life that I can add value to with whatever industry or whatever he's no doing in his life. Be, you'll be able to coach the next LeBron James better than I even was because I I was 22 out of college. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I can relate to those people. No one's going to be able to relate to the people coming right out of high school, 18, 19 years old. And, and I'm telling you, it's not just for this business, but just business in general. Mm. I'm 35 years old and people look at kids, 18, 19, 20 years old, like, ah, oh, what do they know? You know, what yeah. experience? give me an 18, 19, 20, 21 year old all day long. Yes. I'll take the youth all day because there's, there's, there's fighters winning at 19 years old world titles. Yeah. There's LeBron James coming out every day. And you, and it's just something about the youth that's more coachable you know, typically than, than yeah. the average person. And so I think you're going to be able to relate to those people. And, you know, one of my goals for you and, and something that you're never really that shy about, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'll try to brag a little bit for you, but you know, you list, you're talking to somebody 20 years old, you know, that'll make over 150, $200,000 yeah. this year. Uh, well, there, I don't, I don't know if there's a way, unless you lose your humility. I, I don't know if there's a way you don't make a quarter million minimum at 21 years old next yeah. year. And, and, and my goal for you and people shy away from this, you know, I think the world tells you that, man, if you talk about money, you're bad. You know what I mean? Generation my mom was like, never talk about money. You know, talk about money. And, and, you know, I've heard you talk about the money and bring up, you know, I want to be a millionaire. I was reading about millionaires and, and, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. 
you know, as long as you can give of yourself and money doesn't have you, yes. it's okay to have money. And and I'm tired of people knocking people that, you know, that talk about money or that they want to have money or to want to have nice things. And, you know, I look at, at, at the contributions that we're able to make in society in, in the form of, uh, you know, tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know, we got the, we, we have the, the fundraiser for the, uh, it's about the Warrior Foundation, and, and we got the Youth Inspire yeah. Minds, you know, fundraising event. Every month, I got a fundraising event. On the call just now, I was on with, with Cash Money. There's a, there's unfortunately there's a guy that has cancer, uh, has a couple kids. He's in his mid 30s. All of them, we're leading up, taking care of everybody coming together and raising, you know, the money that we need. We're we're gonna raise this guy over forty thousand dollars in two weeks for sure, and and. That's how I want to be represented from from a cash money standpoint. But if we didn't have it, how can we help that person? Yeah. How can who's going to pay for these kids to, to to get vans? Who's going to pay for these kids to eat after school and go places if if you're not allowed to do any? And so some of the most generous people I've met are not because they have money. I think some of the people that I've met have money because they were so generous. And, and, and I learned that, you know, over time because I used to hate people that had money. You know, I was, I was broke as a kid and things got a little bit better, you know, every year after, you know, 12 years old. Yeah. You know, I started to get a little bit better. Little, my mom did a little bit better and it was a team effort. You know, grandparents yep. pitching in. Yes. You know, it's a whole, the whole community pitching in to yes. get me through this sucker. And, and I used to hate people that had money. I, I, I would purposely start fights with people that have money and kids that have money because I didn't know why I was raised that we just don't like people with money. People that don't have people that have money are bad people. They think they're better than you. And so I was taught this my whole life in my head. We would go, my mom would never do it, but she would take me to go see the, 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 the uh, nice houses for Christmas. And I would look forward to it every year. The, the rides to Canfield, Ohio, where they would have nice houses for Christmas, all decorated, and we would drive back to our $11,000 house where I was scared to even, uh, you know, go to bed because there was so much drama, you know, going on outside. And I grew up to hate people, you know, that had money. And over time, this would change as I met people that, that had money. And what I met is, it, what I learned is is to have a sneak, you know, a lot of people that are that have a lot of money, they don't have the blessing of being around people that I did to be around people that are poor. Mm -hmm. And and I in the experience, I mean, I, I wish everybody could do it. The the people that are poor, they don't have the blessing to be able to be around constantly on an intimate level with people that have money. I was able to be in with all of them, and what I learned is the people that had the money were just like everybody else. I know people that are poor that were raised on the block selling dope, pistol whipping people. That people in that circle. Some of them were just great people. They would do anything for you. I mean, loyal, good people, no options. Just you can understand how based on their parents and what they had in life, how they ended up that way. But there's good people that are poor and there's bad people that are poor. What I learned is the same thing with money. Money is a reflection of who you are as a person. It, 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 all it does is, is magnify it. If you're a really good person in your heart and you get a lot of money, dog, you're going to be able to just help so many people and you're just a really good person with a lot of money. And if you're a bad person and you end up with a lot of money, then you end up being a rude, obnoxious, cocky person with a lot of money. And it, usually that ends up with a lot of, a lot of problems. 
And so I say all of that because I tell you a goal for me is is to try to help you become a millionaire before I was. And and you know I was a millionaire at 26 26 years old. Um, you know I got to go back and look and see if I turned 27 that year or or what. But you know my goal for you would be able to try to try to create and help you build a, a life of what you want. And the first step would be being a millionaire that we set a goal for ourselves that you're doing it before, you know, before the age of, of 26 years old, bro. And uh, I think those of you that are listening, you know, as you follow Tristan, you know, I, I, I would, I wouldn't bet against you. Yeah. Put it like that. I wouldn't bet it against you. And I wouldn't bet against you because you're willing to do the work. You know, the, the, the more success that you have, the, the more work that you're willing to put in and, and, and the harder that you're going. You know, you're somebody I got to slow down. You know, I'm yeah. telling, hey, slow down, Tristan, take a day off. Go visit your mom. You know, usually it's the opposite. You know, it's the opposite. Uh, could you, could you, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about what you've learned in leading others? You know, you've transitioned into uh, from, a, from a great salesperson uh, to leading others you yeah. know, already. And, and the people that you're developing are, are starting to have some success. Um, what have you learned in the transition, you know, that, that would benefit people and, you know, about leadership, any tips that you would give on, on leadership? What did you learn in leadership and, and any success tips? I want you to just freestyle some, yeah, some absolutely. stuff you can give to, to people over the next 10 minutes. Leadership. I think Ma Maxwell, like, like you've said, and like you've, you know, really shown me for the last year is the go-to, you know, when, when it, when it comes to, to the books and the principles and the laws of leadership and really what it takes to be a successful leader is just a life of leadership. You know, I'll never be the best leader ever. It'll just be a life of servitude. That's that's really what leadership is in my opinion. And I'd love to say, you know, I haven't made any leadership mistakes whatsoever, but you know, I've definitely grown as a leader and I've realized, you know, how vitally important it is to have relationships as a leader. And, you know, some things that, that stick out to me and just, you know, one thing that's huge just, right there, man, just the, the relationships, relationships, the relationships in itself, people want to lead and, and, uh, they immediately get to work on, on demanding things and yes. wonder why nobody's willing to follow them. And, and it starts with the connection and the relationship yes. you build. Maxwell says, you gotta, you gotta ask for their heart. You gotta get their heart before you get them to follow you because people won't go along with, before or they you don't ask for their hand, ask for, you their, gotta heart. Ask for their heart. Yes. People don't go along with who they don't get along with. Come on. So I, I, I just, it's so crazy and some I, I love Maxwell, but if you've ever been in a car and that's where I do a majority of my reading now, and it's two hours, three, four hours of reading, and you're just listening to somebody's voice, and this isn't for one day or one week. This is a year, a year and a half. It takes discipline to listen to, you know, somebody's voice, some old dude's voice. You know, love I love now. I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but it takes discipline. Like it's not like that's where like all of the like and showing up and like listening to not just respond and, and this awesome feeling of being next to Simon Arias and this millionaire, but listening not just for the simple fact of that, but for the fact that like what he's saying, what Max, what, what these successful individuals are saying, I can utilize, you know what I mean? Like no to hear it and utilize and take that ammunition and then let's go and use it. Let's go and change some lives. Like, cause I feel like- So just ingesting the, the, yeah, the books yes. and audio books has helped you a lot in, yes. in leadership. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because I think some of the mistakes I've made, you know, is just kind of like trying to generally lead the group. You know what I mean? And just being almost a little bit blunt and aggressive and like, we got to, but like in avoiding different types of languages, you have to speak and lead people differently 
because not everybody has the same individual goals. We need to all work towards the team goal. But again, it comes back to those relationships and having the respect of everybody. And we can go through the five levels, the position, and then you've got the, obviously from position, it doesn't go to straight to production, permission, production, and then it goes to people development and pinnacle. So hitting all these different levels, it takes time. So I, I don't think anybody can expect that to happen overnight, especially with individuals and not focusing on taking a duck to Eagle school. So it's like, it, it's what okay. You mean by that? What do you mean by that? So with the duck to Eagle school, it's like, it's okay to have your, your C and B players go out and do C and B things. You know what I mean? They're not like average people. You're, you're not going to be able to take them to LeBron levels, but they're still contributing to the organization. Amen. They're still doing their part right. and you still got to love on these people. Right. These are still human beings. No We're not beating them up. I think I used to beat up average people because I didn't understand why you didn't want to be up at 4 a.m. reading, working out, and hitting spirit and being done by 7 and up by you know calling. Oh, that drove me insane. So it's when like I first started too. I got to stop yelling at some of these people. It's hard. So and, and love and care for the ones that have that eagle mentality. And those are the ones that you're on the same level. And they're pushing you and you're pushing them. Simon says and these top individuals say, get around people that are on fire. Like this, this one amazing individual works with me, Sam. I mean, he's on fire. He helps me. He helps me. So that's that's what's awesome. There is, is that's an eagle. That. Like, you know, if there's young people listening, Sam got here on his own. Yes. You know, I was ready. Yes. He was ready. You know, but yep. he was ready. He started it. So I was at the coffee shop here in Wexford. I was at Convive, and uh, I was doing some work and. Um, drinking a coffee inside and I was getting myself together, looking at my schedule. I, I remember exactly what I was doing. And he, he stopped and came up to me. He was looked like he was on a computer studying yeah. or something, came up to me and introduced himself. And he said, I, I just got to know, what do you do? Cause I had the Bentley. Mm-hmm. He's like, what do you do? And so I started talking to him and, and uh, this is why you, you can never, you never judge a book by its cover. Yes. Because he just looked so unassuming, and he is. Yeah. Nice kid, and, and I'm thinking, man, he looks too smart yep. for what we do. You know what I mean? Yes. Not that you don't need to be smart for what <laughs> yeah. we do, because you do need to be smart for what we do, but you know, sometimes people that are too smart overthink themselves you yes. know, in the deal. And so he's going to college, and I said, you know what? He seems like a nice kid, man. Why don't I offer him an internship at least? And so I said, hey, if you want an internship – come into the office i'll introduce you to some people and and we'll let it go from there and see next thing i know he's with you yeah and i didn't expect this but a couple months later he ain't going to college and he's tearing it up yes in in the in the business and you're raving you know about this kid man so you know the the first thing you know any any young folks out there uh the the moral of the story is please don't think that i said everybody drop out of college that's not what i'm saying (laughs) but if you find somebody that is where you want to be open your mouth and go talk to these people yes ask them what they do ask them how they did it and try to get and you'll be surprised at how many people are open so sorry to sorry to uh, jump in there when you're talking about sam but you're in the middle of talking about how you know sam and sam's how old is sam 20 21 21 21 he'll be 22 he'll make six figures this year so doing it exactly. And you guys already got your own house. Yes, townhouse. Bought a townhouse. Yeah, absolutely. Stacking money, saving money. We're not going out. We're not partying. So and, oh. and just planning, planning it with, with where we're going as just an individual company and organization. Um, it's just it's it's very amazing because Sam and I already have plans and correspondence for where he's going and mapping out his goals. And that's just part of the relationship. You know what I mean? That that was step one. 
before I could start making demands, again, I had to have that relationship in place. So we spent a week together. Deposits before demands. Exactly. Exactly. So we spent weeks and months together of, you know, in the field, out of the field, getting to know one another. You know, what did you do? Where did you come from? What inspires you? Why are you, you know, because he comes from a, a pretty a pretty decent background. So I was intrigued by why he had motivation that was similar to mine because, you know, how, how people similar Blows to me, me would away. relate it. We, we came from the mud. You know what I mean? Like, Blows me away. It, it's I can't crazy. Wait. I, I, you got to get me with his dad. You got to get me with his parents. Oh, yes. Because for, for, for it amazes me and I need to learn from him. You know, his dad produced, came from nothing. He's produced something that I haven't produced. Yes. So he is who I want to be. You know, I want yes. my kids to be able to be. Yes. He, he has a good work ethic, but he came from some money. His, his dad does well for himself and he's opposite of, you know, what you would think. All right. Kid comes from a lot of money. He's going to be lazy. Kid yes. comes from a lot of money. He's not going to be a hustler. He's not going to want to put into work. Not going to be coachable. He's been the opposite. I know a lot of that has to come from, from his parents. Mm-hmm. He's actually gotten support from his parents. Most kid, most kids, parents would want to kill him. So uh, shout out to uh, what's what's Sam's dad's Sam Sam Senior and Cindy Sammy Senior Sammy and Cindy get yep. me with Sam and Cindy yes if uh, if you can I got to meet those special people but they're amazing anyway. amazing individuals and, and really just uh, it's, there's just so much in regard to the leadership and you know conclu- concluding on the leadership you know if you ever want to be a leader in my opinion at the end of the day initially again we we already understand the servitude you you have to be willing to serve others leadership is not just a position that corresponds with millions or a significant amount of materialistic things or income leadership is you making sacrifices in the beginning to get a return in the future and it may be a few years listen to andy frisella 10 on. years come on you know what i mean so if you're not willing to pay the price in regard to what it is you're asking People this universe want the perks Exactly. Of leadership and not the price. They don't want the. They don't want to pay the price. They don't want to pay the price. So, what I think about, you know, that is like sacrificing, transitioning from from being a successful individual, um, and now transitioning into leadership is sacrificing my name at certain times, in order so I can nourish my team and make sure their names are getting called and creating a, a leadership culture. I shout out to Mike Russin for having a phenomenal culture. leadership creating culture. I see a lot of. I feel like you, you can get limited in our industry when you start creating an agent culture. I don't. I, I think if you if you want to pursue being an agent in regard to what it is we do, that's phenomenal. But the leadership creation culture is phenomenal because you're, you're growing an individual. Like it, it's awesome to go out there and learn to protect a family's financial future and assets and liabilities. But to teach people how to develop their mind, their body, their spirit, and how, and how to adjust. How would you say that is to you and, and for your success, mind, body, spirit? I would not. I would not be here. I would. I would not be here right now. Um, I don't think anybody can maintain balance. The, life is a roller coaster. Whether you're in a, a you know a performance based position or you're just in life in general, you're not going to avoid the roller coaster of life of unexpected situations, unexpected deaths, or whatever it might occur. And you're either going to get rocked by it or you're going to rock with it. No doubt. I love it. I love so. it. Speaking of performance, you know, base, you know, I think I, I'll close out the last couple minutes here with you uh, saying that your proof, you know, the, a lot of the at, at every level, you know, I, I remember my friends in Florida, they were uh, Jackie Z and, and Brian Z. They own a, a clothing store in, in uh, St. Pete Sundial. Uh, great clothes, uh, clothes, closers with some sick clothes. Every time I walk in a the store there, I can't walk out without yeah. nothing. I mean, those two are are phenomenal and I, I just built a relationship with them uh after i spent 
you know, a shit ton of money getting closed in there all the yeah. time. But, the, the, you know, I remember building a bond with them and, and them telling me the first time they had a lawsuit come up. And I, you know what I said to them? Congratulations. I said, congratulations. And it wasn't what they expected. And I'm not saying everybody go out and get lawsuits and, and uh, there's people that are getting sued and they deserve it and it's bad for them. And, but there's not many people that have reached high levels of success that haven't had somebody that that's tried to come against them or you don't have to get, you know, lawsuits going on. There's not a lot of people, whether it's LeBron James, you, you look at some of these people that are uh, very, uh, they're, they're athletes or actors or, or actresses or very popular or whatever it is. And you'll see memes about them on social media or, you know, whatever it is. You can't reach high levels of success without people talking shit. Yeah. I mean, it's just not possible. If you're looking for everybody's approval in life, you're 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 going to be destined to to be in solitude or average because no one's ever going to going to give you always encouragement you got to learn to encourage yourself and if you want to be a part of the 1% of America you can't listen to the 99% you can't listen to the 50% you can't listen to the 25% you got to listen to your heart you got to listen to God you got to listen to who's in your heart and who's in your spirit and so for years you know I would be discouraged you know in this business by you know, people outside saying, oh, this is a, you know, is that a scam? Is it a pyramid scheme? And, you know, all yeah. this other stuff. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, when, when you look at the history of the company from from um, Bernard Rappaport founding this company over, you know, almost 70 years now. Wow. Um, and, and um, you know, having uh, Warren Buffett as our main shareholder, you know, in this. Warren Buffett ain't going to invest into something, Torchmark, that fits a scam. Yes. It's not, it's not stable. And then you look at, you know, Torchmark around 100 years, American income around, you know, 70 years. A, a real pyramid scheme is where I have to bring you in in order to make money. Yeah. Okay. If I don't bring you in, I'm not making any money and I'm making more money than you're making because you're at the bottom. And really, the, a lot of these pyramids, when people say pyramid schemes, they're not even selling a product. Like they're, they're, they're selling like you have to pay this fee in order to join and it's, there's not even really a, a, a product. If you, what I think is the complete opposite pyramid, and we've never discussed this, but let's discuss it right now. The opposite pyramid is I don't think you can walk into a bank and find the person who's running the bank where the person at the bottom is making more. The teller's making more than the person who's running the bank or the manager yeah. is, is probably making more than the person that's, that's doing a lot of the work, you know what I mean, at, at the bank. Or you find somebody that's that's running uh, a, a restaurant, and the manager of the restaurant, you know, is 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 making less than than the 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 server. You know what I mean? Or the per. In our business, you have made more, okay, than people two levels above you, right? Your managers yeah. at times you, you have bigger checks, bigger yes. weeks than 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 some of your men. Well, that's not possible if it's a pyramid scheme. You know what I mean? Yes. Is, is is and you've moved past and you will move up be above and beyond as did I. People that were training me and brought me that that were responsible for me in this business. Pyramids, you can't do that. You know, the, the person is just the only way you make money is the person at the top makes all the money and these people don't make no money. And the only way you make the money is if you recruit people into the business and they pay something, you don't have a product and but I feel like the the, the worst some of the worst true pyramid schemes is when you really go out into the business world out there and, and deal with the boss is usually the one that makes the most money and the people over here are the ones that, and, and then you can't even get promoted till somebody dies or gets fired or retires or, you know, whatever's the issue in this business, you can pass people up 
as you have. You can get promoted. You can grow. You can be the boss of somebody who was the boss of you two years later. And and there's often and, and very often do we have people that are making more money at the bottom than some of the people that are yeah. managing those those people that, that at the top, you know, so to speak. So uh, I just want to, to give you a shout out for not believing the bull. You know, I think a lot of kids come in and they're well, I'm not coming because my friend said it's a pyramid scheme. They go on the internet or something like that. I went on the internet and I saw all beautiful things. Again, I'm telling you. It's what you're looking for, God, baby. God, God really laid this out because I only saw phenomenal things. And even if I saw bad things, I'm so set on. There's one parable. And I feel like y'all are going to think I'm a pastor. 95% yes. positive versus the 5% negative. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I always tell myself, you know. Too much analysis can cause paralysis. Now, I'm not saying go out there and don't apply wisdom, but you'll put yourself in a horrible situation. You analyze every situation and shut it down because it looks like, you know what I mean? Like you have to gamble to an extent, but with a mentor, now with a, when, when I can text you and say, hey, Simon, have you ever analyzed or been in this situation? I don't have to worry about, you know, it's not a gamble. It's 100% guaranteed. Yes, keep following the system, X, Y, Z, one, two, three years. Here's, what, here's what's going to play out. Yep. Two plus two is always going to be four. Let's close it out. Yep. Give me three tips for somebody out there coming out of college. Uh, can be an adult, you know, somebody that's not out of college, but just three tips for somebody that needs to get going. They haven't really gotten going. They're coming out of high school, coming out of college, or or maybe they're coming out of a different career and they're starting to do something different. They just want to get to where you've gotten, not in this business, but just in life. Could you give me a couple tips? The, the foundation is going to be discipline. None of it's going to – any like whatever – anybody listening to this – Discipline. Discipline equals freedom. Discipline equals freedom. The, the it, discipline. Want financial freedom and time freedom, but they, they don't want the discipline. The discipline. It's the if I see anybody making less or, or losing by inches, it's because of lack of discipline. It's just a lack of discipline. And then the second thing, and this is a combination of, of two powerful things, coachability, but which requires humility. Cause some cats started this business when Simon was twenty six years old and he was a millionaire and they were twenty seven. They were like, I'm not listening to him. I don't know where they're at now, okay? And some of them, they're millionaires now because they were able to be humble and receive that coachability. Whether somebody's older, younger, different skin color, female, male, I don't care what it is. Listen if they have what you want because, you know, odds are if you do X, Y, Z, what they did, two plus two equals four. I Discipline. hope you guys understand that. Discipline. Coachability. Coachability. Give me one more. The final thing and personally what I'm going to believe in, it's going to be, you know, faith. I feel like I feel like that's a good conclusion is faith and, and that goes for whatever it is you believe in you have to have not only faith in your faith but in yourself belief in yourself when you can't see anything right. I, I love telling this to people the blessing isn't the blessing like that material thing that you're hoping for the blessing is the process is who you become Woo! the process truth you know what I mean True. And that's not me. I didn't come up with any of this. It's who you come. <laughs> you know you know who what I mean? It's who you become. That's the millions right there. And that's the millions. skip that process yes. and they skip the whole blessing. And then that's why 8 out of 10 lottery winners lose all their money. Yeah. Because come they on. skip the process. Yes, sir. But that was fire. Yep. Well, I appreciate having you on the Grindcast. Uh, look forward to having you on again. I appreciate everything that you do for others, for this organization. I'm proud of you. Proud to be your coach. Proud to be your teammate. Let's go out there and break some records, brother. Hey, man, let's go. Let's Love it. it. Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to told, told him I'm a beast, blood. Money.